This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Welcome to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Ben Lynch, and today we're speaking with Andrew Roberts. Andrew is well known as one of Australia's leading business mentors. He's a strategic business specialist. Andrew's gone from running one of the largest business coaching companies in Australia to focusing on specialists and leaders of various industries. You may well know Andrew as the author of the book, What the Hell Are You Chasing? Andrew believes in a balance and encourages people he works with to stop chasing stuff they don't want, to stop trying to impress people they don't even like, and to live life as a fulfillionaire, someone who is rich in every area of life. Today, we're exploring the mastery of flow in business and in life. Andrew, welcome. Great to be here, Ben, and thanks for that introduction. You're very welcome and very deserving. I've drawn a lot of stuff from you over the years, Andrew, and I really hope today that we'll be able to elicit some pearls of wisdom for our listeners. I'm interested if we could start with you enlightening us a little bit more on What do you mean by flow? What does it look like? How do we know if we're in it? And then let's explore how we can maybe get into a state of flow so that perhaps we're more productive and getting better results. Oh, look, it's a a great question. And and, um, the easiest definition I've got of flow is where, uh, and we're focusing on business owners here. So for me, a business owner's in flow is is when they've got an exciting vision for the future and they've got a huge amount of peace and happiness in the now. Um, because I think you can have a big vision for the future, but if you're unhappy in the moment, then then there's stress. Or if you, or if you lack a vision for the future and you, you, you focus on happiness in the now, then you know, you're know you missing out on, I think, what we're born to do, which is grow. So so flow is big vision for the future, really meddled with uh, peace and, and happiness in the now. Mm, profound. I want to pick up on there, you mentioned about that stress, if you're not in the now, if you're not experiencing that that peace. That's so often the case, you've probably heard it time and time, we have the stress and overwhelm of being in business, yeah. the things that are just demanding of you. Yeah. What yeah, you it's... yeah, what do you say to someone who's in the moment like that and they're just completely overwhelmed and consumed by it? What is something that they can do to shift out of that? I mean, look, I, I'll, I'll come back a little bit to, before I answer that because this yeah. might give it a bit more context. And I remember I um, rang a former business partner of mine and um, I was going through just this moment of being overwhelmed because I had too much on. Mm-hmm. And he just laughed and, um, and he said, you know, the interesting thing about being in business is that it's like a, it's like a knife edge. Um, I think all of us play on a knife edge where some weeks you can feel like you've got too much on and and that causes stress and there's other weeks when you don't have enough on and that causes stress and <laughs> and I've really learned this in life because you know it's it's I've I've sold a company before man and I had mm. significant time off and I got stressed from not having enough yeah. on so, you know and and so I think I think all of us are playing that knife edge of finding the perfect balance and and if you're too much over and you're too overwhelmed we get taps if you like that bring us back to, to the knife edge or even a little little bit below it like i always teach if you if you're too busy 
you're just not leveraged enough. So mm. I, I do think that we're, we're constantly playing that knife edge. I certainly you know, live in and out of being overwhelmed or maybe not enough on, but I definitely aim for that balance and, and listen to what's going on around me to, to play that knife edge as close, <laughs> close to it as I can as possible. Mm, for sure. The word there, growth, that you mentioned, uh, that we're all destined and designed to grow. Do you think that part of it, that overwhelm or stress, is just a, a normal thing to experience when you're going through growth? Oh, look, it's interesting. There's, there's two times when you're highly stressed in business, when you don't have enough clients, yeah, and then when you've got too many. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think, I think it's such a fascinating concept because, you know, stress and stress is choice, right? It really is choice. So one person can be having an enormous amount of things going on in their life and, and, and handling that stress better than someone else. So for me, I think, yeah, anyone that's going to be going through growth will have to cop some form of stress. Some people definitely know how to, how to handle it better than others. And, you know, and I've, I've certainly learned tools that work for me. For example, I mean, it's cliched, and, but exercise and eating well is just, if, if I'm not doing those things, I just don't handle stress very well, right? It's just, yeah. it's so simple. But I think over many years of being in business, we, we all find what we can do to, to handle that stress mm. and, and, and be able to even handle more of it. Mm, absolutely. So then those almost triggers and things that you go back to to maybe reset or you know that when you're at the top of your game they're the things that you need to do eat well exercise when you're fallen off the track so to speak Mm -hmm. and maybe you're so consumed by the moment do you find like personally maybe even the people that you've worked with how do they kind of go back to, because often your your mind's everywhere and you forget those yeah. fundamentals of, you know, when I am at my best, these are the things that I'm doing day in, day out. You can get consumed in the moment. So are there any particular yeah. practices, rituals, habits, things that you get people to do or maybe even yourself to go back to, oh, yes, you know, eating healthy, exercising, that's what I need to go back to? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's it's a great question. I'm a huge advocate for walkabout. And it's interesting because you know, Aboriginals, when they get too much, when it's too much for them, they, they go walkabout. And there's a great um, lesson that I learned from an Aboriginal that, that was going off on a walkabout and, and a friend of mine just said, you know, when will you come back? And he, and he just turned and just looked at him and said, you know, when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they've got a, they go and walk about to figure things out. I mean, I, I feel that we're living in such a crazy fast paced world. And, uh, personally, I, I'm a huge advocate for allowing time out where you get to regroup, regather, re tune back into what's important. I mean, I have to do it all the time, Ben, mm-hmm. like I'm just someone that has to, <laughs> yeah. you know, get, I get so caught up in it that I give myself permission to go and have two or three days out in the bush. Yeah, ideally, because I think nature brings you back down into your core, and um, I, I think it's the perfect recharge reset. Uh, I, I describe it's like being plugged back into a into electricity. Like yeah. it's uh, nature just regroups me, and that's where I I make the decisions. If I if I get if it's too much and I let all that stuff go and become totally out of balance, um, nature brings me back into balance, and then usually uh, after a couple of days there, I'll, I'll come back and and start again with um. With, with with better disciplines and going back to those good old habits. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the process you go through if you're noticing 
maybe there's a little bit of overwhelm or stress or things are a little bit out of control, you take yourself out of that environment, go walk in the bush a couple of days. You've spoken about before deliberately putting in breaks into your year um, as maybe a bit more of a proactive way to get that space. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what you sort of believe is, is a good way for people to get away from it all and reset like you were talking about? Well, mate, it's such a great question. And I, I, I like to reflect on, on school and, you know, <laughs> some people listen to this may have loved school. Other people listen to this may have hated school. Uh, I'll somewhere in the middle. I loved it and and hated it. Um, <laughs> but let's, I mean, if, let's look at school for a moment. It's approximately 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about your school, but my school was split into four terms. Mm-hmm. I was gifted something like, I think it was 10 week, or maybe eight to 10 week holidays a year. Yep. It was, you know, we, we'd start at, um, say, 8.30 in the morning. I would have a morning tea, an afternoon tea, a morning tea, a lunch, and an afternoon tea break every day. Mm-hmm. I still fitted in time for sport most days because, you know, extracurricular activities and still had time for a bit of homework and still had time for play. Mm. And in 10 years, I learned, you know, uh, maths, English, I learned some languages, you know, you, you, you go through puberty at school, you, you learn yeah. communication, spelling, English, the amount of stuff you achieve in that 10-year period is extraordinary, right? When you really think about it, a lot of people whinge about school, but it's actually amazing what we actually do learn. And and so it's like, well, hang on, how how is it that we have such a great system through school that gives us so much time out, holidays, breaks, balance, all these activities to be balanced, yet we throw that whole thing away when we when we run our businesses. And so, you know, I'm a massive advocate for putting in, in structure mm. into your into your year. And it starts with planning um, two days at the start of the year where you put in, in my opinion, Ben, and this mm. might sound like an exaggeration, but if business owners aren't having, in my opinion, six weeks off a year, not four, six, six. they're doing themselves a disservice, mm. in my opinion. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean I'm right, but I, I truly believe that um, all of us get our greatest uh, breakthroughs in downtime. I, I, if, you, if, you were to, <laughs> yeah. if you were to go to a gym, you actually don't – the muscles don't grow in, in, until you're resting. Mm. And so holidays is where you get all your growth. Yeah. Um, so, so scheduling in those holidays, giving yourself – I mean, I, I, I have boundaries and rules. So most days I knock off at 3.30 in the afternoon. I could I could easily work through till six, but I've just created boundaries and rules. I don't like to work weekends. I give myself permission to maybe work one Saturday a month. Yeah. And I give myself permission to work one night a week late. Yeah. But, you know, there's no rules. And so, you know, it really is up to us as owners to create these boundaries and rules because if we don't create them, this and going back into my former mm. former life before mm. I wrote the book, What the Hell Are You Chasing? You know, I wrote that book because I experienced burnout. And yeah. um, back then it was I was just too much. It was too chaos. And then I went, what the hell am I doing all this for? Like this is such a, mm. you know, this is this is a crazy. I'm I'm uh, I'm burning through my life so quickly for something in the future that could not might not even exist. You know, that it just it's ridiculous. So mm. I've had to make big changes. And and so for me, the structuring of of planning out the year holidays, but then working the quarter. And, and making sure every three or so months I have time out where I, mm. I call them deep stays I, I, is critical. Mm. Um, you know, I was down on the beach this morning for a couple of hours. 
I play golf every every week. These, these are all things that I used to sacrifice. Yeah. But I now put in as if you like rocks into my calendar and um yes. And if I started out again and I knowing what I now know, I would put this stuff in my calendar right from the onset to keep me in balance. Morning. Mm. Yes, abs- and so what you're referring to there for the listeners is putting those important things, the things that really matter to you, the rocks you said, um, you know, leisure, family, whatever it may be, the big important things into your diary first. Yep. And then allowing other things to accommodate that. Bingo. And so, so I've got, if you like, three, uh, four major planning. Um, techniques. So, so one of them is where I plan out my year, mm-hmm. which is two days. Um, I have, and then every ninety days, it's a day to plan out the quarter, and then it's an hour to plan out my week, and then ten minutes to plan the day out. And so each of those. So if I'm planning out my year, it's like what what are the big holidays I can have this year? Yes. If it's planning out the quarter, you know, what's some fun things we can do this quarter? If it's planning out the week, what's some mini things I can do during the week? You know, could I have a game of golf? Could I catch up with a friend? Could I? You know, go out on a date night with my with my wife. What what is it? Yeah. And and then the day um, again is the opportunity just to look at um, what what can I do today to bring me a bit more peace. So yeah, yeah. of course it, it definitely starts with um, in my opinion, having things written down and secondly ske- scheduled into a calendar. If it's not scheduled, it won't get done. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few golden nuggets there. I love the analogy uh, from the top about using school as a way to break down your year and how much you've been able to achieve over your schooling career. And often people are trying to do so much in one year, uh, but they're in business, I assume. Most people are going into business for the long term. And if they can do it a little more sustainably with that structure that you're alluding to, uh, I'm sure that would take a lot of the stress off almost immediately if they could have their own deliberate walkabout or even having scheduled holidays to reset but it is. We hear so many people, they come back from holiday refreshed, renewed. Mm. They're like, oh, I've got all this clarity now. But then when you're in it, you think, no, I can't have a holiday. If I go and have a holiday, it all full to crap and nothing will get done. Yeah. Then you go well, on a holiday, you're like, I should do this more often. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to state that one hour of inspired work will be six hours of uninspired work. Right. Um, it's that's it's a that's a golden nugget there when you really think about it. And I go, well, if I have a time out on holiday and I'm feeling good, then that work that I'll achieve after that break will be six times higher than the work that I'm trying to achieve when I'm exhausted. So far mm. out, have more breaks. Absolutely, I, I love that. Just let me pick up on it. It's one hour of inspired time is greater than six hours of uninspired time. Is that effectively what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yep. one hour of inspired work will beat six hours of uninspired work. Mm. And, you know, we lose inspiration mostly, and people confuse it with passion. They think, oh, I'm not passionate anymore. Often passion dies when we're tired and we're exhausted and we're overwhelmed, which is, you know, you, you know this as well as me, Ben. It's it's the biggest biggest thing we have to face as business owners is is burnout. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. Wow. So that, that's a good distinction. I've used this in the past uh, as well. The, sometimes you just think, oh, I'm doing stuff, but you're not really getting anything done. You're not really productive. You don't feel like you're in that flow. And you could just yeah. take a break 
and find that inspiration, have that walkabout, clarify things and then come back and, and be far more inspired, far more productive. Absolute yeah. nugget of gold there. So obviously we've got these clinic owners tuning in here, Andrew, who uh, they're obviously dealing with themselves, their own stress, overwhelm or task lists or outcome lists, whatever they're trying to work on and manage themselves. Yeah. But they've also got team members. They've also yes. got admin practitioners who have their own challenges and problems. And mm-hmm. in essence, they're kind of coaching or mentoring their team. Yes. I'm wondering, obviously, there's only so much time in the day for them to be able to do everything on their yeah. task list. What are some fundamentals of being a good coach, being a mm-hmm. good mentor, these clinic owners could take today and apply in engaging with their team. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say the most effective tool that was ever taught to me, and um, I implemented this and it just transformed the way I run my businesses, is every person in the business has an accountability call once a week, okay? And 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 that and I need to say that again, every person in the business has that accountability call once a week. Now, yeah. uh, and I'll just use this as an example. So I've got a team member at the moment. She's um fantastic, full-time. She's our head of support and administration. Mm-hmm. We have our meeting at about uh, 12 o'clock every Monday. It's consistent time. Typically runs for 30 minutes, can run up to an hour, but let, let's, let's run with 30 minutes. It's driven by agenda. Mm-hmm. She arrives to the meeting with her task list updated and I arrive to the meeting having thought about what I want her to execute during the week. Mm-hmm. Now, that particular meeting is an opportunity for us to have a check-in. Um, it's like a coaching call, right? It's treated just like I would a client and, and, and we have a, an agenda where um, we both do a check-in. Uh, we review the week. How do we go in the week that's been? We then create what needs to get done this week. Now, this is a game changer. If I'm prepared and she's prepared and she arrives with her task list and I arrive with what I think needs to get done, then I can actually effectively double her output during that week just from just from checking in wow. and, and helping her clarify her priorities. It's not micromanaging. Hmm. There's something magical about having someone else just helping you prioritize what you should be doing. It's just there's some there's a goldness in it. Yeah. If I had you, for example, Ben, looking yes. at my week, you'd be able to help me. Yep. And so I can really help her focus on what she needs to get caught up on. And then we, we finish off, if there's any issues, identify, discuss, and solve any key issues. Mm-hmm. And I walk away with a page on what she's going to do. She walks away with a page that what she's going to do. And really, what this boils down to is that there's accountability. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone in the team needs accountability. But secondly, there's a check-in. There's communication every week. Yes. Right? So if there's an issue, I can pick it up. Like I can tell, we can all tell if there's an issue going on in someone's life. You mm. can just tell. <laughs> you know, get that vibe. So not, you get a vibe. And so I can, you know, black and white, look, something's going on, Adele. What's up? Mm. But for me, um, that meeting is, is just so powerful. And, and so really it, it comes back to um, in order to, in my opinion, run an amazing team, it needs frequency of communication. Mm-hmm. And if you're having issues with team, you're probably not having enough frequent communication. So, so you know, we have a team meeting as well that goes for 30 minutes. But 
I have that session with her, and she she then goes on and has the same session individually with the other team members. Mm. But for me, that is a game changer, and and um, keeps the team on board, motivated, you know, uh, excited, um, and and um, you know, a, a great leader of every business needs to be the visionary and and constantly enrolling and inspiring the team to the vision. And team members need motivation; they need a check in. They they really do. And I think if you're not having the check-in with, with team members weekly, it'll, you can sustain it for a while, but you will not be getting anywhere near that 100% um, potential out of them that, that you could be getting. Absolutely. So structured and frequent communication are very key in the engagement of team members. Yeah. What about then, Andrew, in terms of you spoke about the vision perhaps of the business that we're reiterating and, and, and refocusing towards. What yep. about... How do you go about maybe creating a vision or a pathway for a team member in terms of their role and their progression as part of that vision, part of that mission that you're on? And even looking at do you set goals for team members in the year personally? How do you go about that from the week to week if we're checking in regularly? What sort of bigger vision do we have for them personally? Yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 a fantastic question, and and so when I when I first induct someone into the company, I, I think it's a great time to actually understand what their goals are. I've got a very simple template where I allow fills out life goals, and it gets people to map out what they want to achieve in ten years, three years, twelve months, mm-hmm. bearing in mind they're they're a team member uh-huh. that has has come into my world, and I'm not they're not joining my company for me to become their coach to help them achieve all their goals. Yes. And, and, um, and I will just put a caveat here because in the early days I was putting, I was training all our team members in success principles and, you know, really showing them stuff. And, and, and I ended up finding that I had a, a, many team members going out and starting businesses and stuff. And, you know, right. I realized after a certain period of time, I, I don't need to be doing so much of that. Like that's not, that's their responsibility, not mine. Uh-huh. So, but but on the flip side, of course, I'd, if I can support and serve them, achieve their personal goals, then then I will. But for me, enrolling them into the vision, the purpose of the business. I mean, I, I operate off a two-page strategic planner mm-hmm. that maps back our ten-year goals to three-year goals to twelve-month goals to quarterly goals. It's got our it's got our values on there. It represents what our core purpose is, and we we visit that. With the team, definitely on a, on a yearly basis and every three months, we all come together and we get clear on, you know, why are we doing this? Mm. What do we want to achieve for the next quarter? So it's constant mm. reiteration. I mean, I, I, ironically, um, earlier this morning, I was having a session with our team and I was going over the vision again with them. And yeah. I was actually saying to them, right, we've got a girl called Pearl. Pearl, what's our 10-year goal? Yes. Now, I want to drum this into them. Right, John, what are our top five values and why, why are they important to us? Yeah. And so because I'm the leader of the business, it's up to me to enroll and inspire my team into, into the vision. And so they can do their best work because, yeah, we've got a mission. Mm. I work with farmers at the moment. And, and it's up to me to really constantly communicate and drive that in. And, and that takes an enormous – it is an enormous input of time. Yes. But, Ben, you know, the most valuable person in the business is the owner. Mm-hmm. The second most valuable group of people in the business is the team, more valuable than the customer. Wow. That's my opinion because yeah. without the owner, there is no team. Without the team, there's no customer. And so when you finally get that, you realize 
I need to invest into training and energetically growing my team. Fantastic. You know? What and a, so, yeah. And so, you know, and this is where you're smarter, or, you know, you're better off training a team member and they leave than not training them and they stay. Yeah, absolutely. I was so, actually shared in our group this morning, <laughs> very timely. Great so, quote. It is great quote. And so, of course, you need to, mm. you know, you need to uh, invest. You need to go, okay, well, they're assets. Mm. Uh, they're people. I'm going to schedule quarter, uh, yearly catch-up with them. I'm going to schedule quarterly catch-ups with them. We're going to set, we, we set a common goal this morning for us all to move towards. You know, I'm going to remind them why we're doing this all the time because those when they're, when they're all driven towards particularly a core purpose of a company, they, they will increase their ability to, to go for it. Like So our goal at the moment is we want to help 60 new farmers mm-hmm. transform their lives. And so it's not like let's sign 60 people up. It's let's help 60, 60 farmers transform their lives. So, yeah. and then every, all the work we do is aligned to that. And that just, that, that, so you get another 20% motivation out of your team when they're, when they're working towards a cause. Uh, absolutely. I love that clarity and structure and just getting behind a particular focus and goal that people can engage and align together yeah. and achieve together. And, and if someone's off, like if someone's for whatever reason not performing at, at the capability or the or the method that they could be, that's when I'll drop in there and I'll go, right? How's your exercise going? Mm. You know, right? What are you doing to What are you doing when you get home after work? Are you watching TV or you're you learning something new? That's where I drop in the, yeah. if you like the inverted commas, the business coach Andrew. Right. And I'll go, okay, something's up. Let's clear it. And then I might send them a little challenge and get them back into moving their body or you know and, and not just for the benefit of, of me it's for the benefit of them and um yeah so so you know if someone's in a bit of a bad state i i, I think it's quite easy to bring them back into a positive state with it with a bit of mentoring and and often that is also bringing it back to, to the actual team member taking responsibility to to you know it's their life so yes. what are they, they going to do to get things back on track yeah Absolutely. There's a great distinction there about most important person being yourself as the owner need to invest and put into the team. We started the conversation with that overwhelm and stress. And if there's too much on your plate that you're not leveraged enough and really your team is you being able to help more people uh, through the volume and scale of your team. And I think having those regular um, times off in your diary, yeah. in your structure, in your calendar that are purposeful, that are already built in, in advance, allows you to reset your own juice and fuel. Mm-hmm. And then also potentially doing a walkabout where you re- <laughs> get in touch with nature or you get in touch with yourself, most importantly, if things are becoming coming to a head and really becoming overwhelming. But if you can do that and provide your team with some structured communication throughout yeah. the week throughout the months and have some goals and objectives that they're all working towards, constantly reinforcing the vision, you mm-hmm. start to really get a unit that's working together. Yes. And probably the last thing I will throw into this, then 19 years of business mentoring, work with thousands of business owners, you are better off hiring a motivated person and hoping you don't demotivate them because it's impossible hiring a demotivated person and trying to motivate them. So if I had to simplify this, invest the time to hire great people, 
you will bang your head, and I see this from years and years of being a coach, that some people will never, ever, ever be motivated or change or they won't be aligned to your values or whatever it is. Get them out mm. and then go and find the people that are because building a great team, honestly, is built from how you hire. Right, yeah. so the, the skills of hiring right at the beginning and uh, if, if you do that part right, I reckon you're 90% sorted. Yeah. Fantastic. Do it right from the start. Fantastic. Wow, there are so many pearls and practical pieces of wisdom here for people to apply today, I reckon. This is something to listen over to twice. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. I really, really appreciate it. Happy to help, Ben. Not a problem at all. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery. We'd really appreciate your honest reviews and ratings on iTunes and to share the love with a friend or a colleague. You can head over to clinicmastery.com for all of the show notes and all of the free resources that we've got there to help you grow your clinic. Until next time, have a fantastic day. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.